Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners, over the past few weeks, we have come to know Jonah as a rather peculiar prophet. After all he experienced prior to his official visit to Nineveh, you would expect that he would return to Israel right away. Yet he stays around to see the end, the outcome of it. Who would be waiting around to see how an entire city is overturned? Then what kind of man he is who even became angry because the whole event fell through? Jonah can't understand why the Lord did not punish them for their wickedness, their evil ways and violence. Now before we judge Jonah too harshly, though, we should remember why the Lord had sent Jonah to Nineveh in the first place. It's wickedness had come up before the Lord. The measure of the Lord's long-suffering was full. Would we not look upon them with deep disgust today as well? Just compare them to the people of ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Boko Haram, and consider what wicked deeds they have committed over the past decades. We seek justice done to them, while assured also that they will face the justice of God eventually. Jonah had a hard time seeing this terribly wicked city escape its much-deserved punishment. Well, let's go back to Jonah, dear listeners, and consider what he had done. Jonah proclaimed the word of the Lord. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. Then he had left the city and gone to the area east of the city, where the mountains were most likely, so as to have a good spot to see it happen. He built himself a shelter there and waited for the Lord to come with the judgment he had proclaimed. Jonah knew from the books of Moses and the Psalms that the Lord is the God of justice. He hates evil and is terribly displeased by sin. He cannot stand the sight of it or the smell of it. Hence, we can begin to empathize with Jonah's sentiments. Yet, does that now justify his expression of it? Not at all. As we have seen last week, The proclamation of God's judgment over the wicked is not just an Old Testament message. It's part and parcel of the gospel in Old and New Dispensation. Yet this message never comes by itself, not in the Old Testament either. God's love and grace are always part and parcel of it. Jonah knew that full well. So what was Jonah's problem, dear listeners? Well, Jonah loved the Lord as the Lord of his people. God is good to Israel, their psalms were saying, 
And Jonah's message had been thus far in Israel. You see, and that's what Jonah didn't mind at all, that the Lord God was good and gracious, long-suffering and merciful for Israel. Just as Jonah was truly thankful when the Lord showed him this mercy and grace, when he rescued him from the waters of the sea through the huge fish. Now, however, Jonah has come to see the Lord as just as good and gracious, long-suffering and merciful to the Ninevites. Were they his special people? Did they deserve to be spared like Israel was? And was it not their own fault that their city would be overturned? That's how Jonah reasons, confronting the Lord as one who relents from calamity. Yes, he is angry so much that he adds to it, losing his self-control, it seems. I would rather die than live with this God. Well, the Lord then responds, Have you any right to be angry? This question sure is a challenge to Jonah to make him think more deeply about what he has said and shown. Jonah knew the Lord as gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity to his people Israel in Moses' days, and under Jeroboam II, to whom Jonah had prophesied before. Should I, the Lord, then be different this time, when I see that this would be the end of Nineveh, of great and small? May I not be who I am, and do with what is mine as I please? Then the Lord, in his mercy for Jonah, teaches him a practical lesson. He made a miracle tree come up behind his little hut. Jonah must have understood full well that this tree didn't just come up and grow there incidentally or by chance while he was sitting there as a spectator in his little hut. Jonah knew the Lord better than that. Again we meet the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, who in his providential care cast his storm on the sea, provided a huge fish, and who here provided a miracle tree first and a worm after, as well as a scorching wind. When Jonah woke up there was nothing yet, while in the heat of the day he can be comfortable in the shade under this miracle tree. The Lord sure is good and kind, dear listeners, to Jonah and to us in many ways, even with his unthankful and merciless servant. He is like a father with an unreasonable child who treats his angry child wisely by approaching him with kindness and gentleness. Be that as it may, Jonah is very happy with the miracle tree, which is quite remarkable indeed if you consider how little joy he expressed over the repentance of Nineveh. Jonah does have to learn a lesson, though. So when the night fell and the dawn came, then God provided a worm, 
which chewed the vine so that it withered. So gone is the tree, and gone is the shade. Yes, God also provided a scorching east wind, and Jonah again is so angry that he wants to die right away. How simple and silly Jonah's behavior compares to the Lord's almighty power and providence in this story. The Lord wasn't yet finished with Jonah, though. Was it your miracle tree or mine, Jonah? he asks. I made it grow, right? It was my gracious gift for that one day, was it not? Now you find it so terrible that this tree is gone because you felt so comfortable and at ease in its shade. But how does that compare to Nineveh and its citizens? God's judgment, his condemnation, and people's perdition, that's what Jonah was waiting for. Oh, sure, at that time it just was the temporary condemnation and judgment, like an earthquake or a famine or the destruction due to war. Yet that's bad enough as it is. Jonah doesn't have to be concerned about the Assyrians becoming God's special people yet. They won't be receiving the promises of the Lord at all yet at this time, the promise of the Messiah, for instance. All Nineveh is receiving at this time is a temporary stay of execution. Another hundred years later, Nineveh will be destroyed as yet, when God's judgment will come upon them, as we learn from the prophecy of Nahum. No, at this time, Nineveh is spared a temporal judgment, not the eternal judgment. That's all Jonah was concerned with there and then. In our time and day and age, we are to deal with God's eternal judgment. The world is heading for this judgment rapidly. The society has all the evidence of the lawlessness that makes us anticipate that day soon. Let us realize this and be aware of it when we see the people of our time and age living as they do. Everyone is doing what is good in their own eyes. They propagate a freedom and they assume liberties which have been unparalleled in history. They're even proud of it. God's judgment cannot and will not be delayed. Hence today, true believers in Jesus Christ, who are prophets in him as well, must proclaim not only the love and grace of God in Jesus Christ, but also the seriousness of God's impending judgment. The Lord saw Nineveh's helplessness and hopelessness, seeing how Nineveh was a city of more than a 120,000 people who didn't have a clue. In God's eyes they were all ignorant people. And should he now destroy them just like that in one blow? The Lord had deep sorrow over them. Now a greater than Jonah has come, dear listeners, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we know him as well, as one who looked upon a city, Jerusalem, 
and he wept. Well, this Jesus also said that God didn't send his Son into this world that he would condemn the world, but that the world may be saved by him. God so loved this world that he would rather give his Son over to be killed at the cross than that he would let this world be condemned. God's Son came into a world lost in sin, and all God's wrath was poured out on him, and all God's condemnation struck him, and he forsook him in the midst of it all. Why? That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the message of the book of Jonah already, dear listeners, to show us God's grace, his long-suffering also for the world today. That's the purpose also to call you to repentance and faith in him, that you too may be saved from God's judgment and condemnation that is coming over this world. Thank you again for listening. <music> 